Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. Welcome everyone to the Financial Coaches Podcast. Cody and I are here excited to talk to you today about curricula. And we talked a little bit in the last episode about just the tools that we use and the process that we sometimes bring our clients through. But we mentioned very briefly the idea of actually having a curricula. And I, we just thought this would be a really good topic to unpack a little bit and just kind of talk about what is what is a curriculum anyway? How do you develop it? Do you need to develop one before you start coaching? And what in the heck do we do anyway? So I'd like to welcome Cody back to the show today as every single week we are here just ready to discuss this topic with you guys. Hi, Cody. What's up? How you doing? (laughs) I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, the, the topic of curriculum, um, when I talk to coaches that especially newer coaches, they're like, you know, what do I do with my curriculum? You know, I I feel like this is like a really big question. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think that there's actually like a question behind the question. Agreed. Really. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that when they, when someone asks, what do I put in my curriculum? What they're really asking is like, how, how do I make my coaching valuable so that mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, I'm providing something to them and, you know, all of these different types of things. And how can I make sure that, you know, the, that I'm going to get people results and also like what to kind of coach on, right? Yeah. Not necessarily like what are some of the things to fill it in with, but more so like, how do I make this valuable for people? Yeah. So I think there's another V word that I want to talk about too. Uh, It's validate. So you're asking, Mm -hmm. you know, how do I make this valuable for the customer, the consumer, the client? But I think, I think if we really start looking at the core of the question behind the question, it's really more along the lines of how do I validate that I'm an expert at this? You know, there's a lot of that imposter syndrome comes in and we're like, how do I prove that I know anything about this anyway? And while we don't really look like we're trying to fill in the gaps, I think it's sometimes that we are because we think that if there's this silence then we're not going to appear to know what we're talking about. So we believe that having a curriculum gives us the validation and it also gives us something to fall back on when there is that silence from the, from the consumer, I think. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it too, because, you know, even with my own journey, like that was a huge thing for me. It was like, I just wanted to feel like I was good enough, you Mm -hmm. know, like, truth be told, like that's, that was like my biggest thing. And I struggled with that for a long time. And, you know, I kind of like use the curriculum per se to basically like give myself that and be like, okay, Mm -hmm. like, yes, like I have this. So that means that I am validated as you said. Yeah. Um, Prove prove yourself worthy. Yep. Yeah. So I agree. And I, so I think that's why we hear a lot of people ask that question, to be honest. I do think that there are individuals who really just want to have a curriculum. uh, But I think a lot of it's just because they're trying to prove those other things. So now that we understand why people ask that question, how do we go forward with it? What do you, I mean, 
do you have a specific curriculum? I don't want to, I don't want to spend too much time going over the specifics of everything. Cause I think we really should unpack some of the other stuff too, but is there a specific curriculum that you use? Because you mentioned that when you first started, you definitely needed one. And so you created one. Do you still use that same curriculum? Yeah, I do. Um, it's been refined with, you know, the passing months and, uh, you know, just, just getting more experience with things like, <clears throat> I found that there's some things that really resonate with people and other mm-hmm. things that kind of don't. So I'm always trying new things and You're tweaking it as you go. Actually, yeah, and seeing like what actually sticks with people. Um, and if it really does work, then I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to make sure that that's like a critical part. Yep. Um, but really, it, it really boils down to like five kind of like pillars for me overall. Okay. But there's a lot of leeway in this. I, I want you to understand like there's a lot of leeway. And I, and we'll get into that in a little bit, but like, as far as the pillars go, um, you know, before we even hop into the numbers, like I really try and get to the root of their current money mindsets and behaviors. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, talking about like some pain points that they have, some strengths that they have, you know, talking about their upbringing, how are they, how they were raised, what they kind of experienced in their early years or even early adult years that might, that might've shaped some things relating to their money now. Yeah. Um, you know, getting to the root of that, I think is really important for not only them to understand, but also us mm-hmm. too, before we even talk about the numbers. I like to do that before. Then after we do that, that's when I would be like, okay, cool. Like let's jump into these numbers, see what's kind of going on. Um, and just like, I call it crafting your ultimate money strategy. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's gimmicky, but mm-hmm. it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, talk about stuff like we talked about in that last call or not, not the last call, the last podcast episode. Okay. Um, you know, the income and expenses audit, you know, crafting a budget, doing things like, um, you know, the envelope system and different, you know, just different behavioral tactics to help them stay accountable and stuff like that. Okay. So that's another thing I do. And then the third pillar I like to do, which this is my favorite one, is doing like a mental and emotional money transformation Mm. and talking about things like that we have talked about before on this podcast, like establishing and finding your why. I think that's super, super critical. Um, You know, talking about like what kind of person and like who these people want to transform into mm-hmm. and become, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff, you know, like that very transformational, mental, emotional, deep dive kind of things. That's another pillar that I do. Um, another pillar that I do now, my ideal client are people who are in debt and trying to get out of debt so that they can, you know, breathe a little bit, buy a house, you know, I'm not saying you have to be out of debt to buy a house, but it does, certainly helps. Um, so, you know, that's another pillar is just like really focusing on like, okay, let's get this debt snowball in place. Let's get, you know, some goals set. Let's do some forecasting. Let's see what we can do to kind of make that happen quicker, but at the same time, not killing yourself over it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's another pillar. And then my last pillar is just, and this is kind of sprinkled in every now and then, like kind of throughout, but just a lot of mindset stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff to help with like consistency, stuff to help with overcoming mental battles, um, stuff to help with, uh, 
you know, even like their relationships and, uh, you know, how it kind of pertains to their money and um, just a lot of like mindset and just very like long-term momentum kind of things. To That's carry really what through. I kind of based off of. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of leeway. Like I said, there's a lot of leeway and there's, it's different for every person because every right. person has different needs. Right. And I think too, every person has different amount of time that they're working with you. I mean, we've talked about some of your package deals in the past where some of them are, you know, only three months long and some of them are six months long and some of them have many sessions in those six months and some of them have fewer sessions. And so I think that one of the questions that our listeners might have for you is, if somebody has a really shortened time with you, do you kind of compress those four pillars into that shortened amount of time? I take it situational. It okay. depends on what the person is really wanting the coaching for. Okay. Good answer. Love mm-hmm. that. Okay, good. Um, and so, and I said four pillars. I know you mentioned five. My apologies for that. Um, and I love the that fact fine. that that other one is kind of sprinkled in there throughout because those are the things that that flexibility that you're offering to individuals is going to be the thing that helps them carry that change on past working with you. Mm-hmm. The way and that our the minds work. Goal. Yes, absolutely. And the way that our minds work is we can do something really well for a short amount of time. We can prove ourselves. We can show up. We can, we can do all the things. And then when we don't have that extra accountability, sometimes it's very easy for us to kind of let, let that go just a little bit at a time. And what you're doing with that fifth pillar and sprinkling in that mindset stuff is helping them to be self-accountable when you're not the person there to watch them do that. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. And that's, that's why I do it because I, and I tell people that during like during my consultation, I'm like, you know, my goal is not to have you as a client forever. You know, Mm -hmm. like I, I almost want to be fired at some point. Yeah. Like if, if you want to stay with me for six months, cool. If it's a year, awesome. If you need more, that's fine too. But I don't want to, to be, you know, hold your hand this entire time. Yep. Fire Um, me with a good review, right? What's that? (laughs) Fire me with a good review and we're good. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm looking for. That's right. That is right. So, well, that's really cool. One thing I'd like to bring up and it, it happened probably five minutes ago, but I still want to go back to it because I think this is so important is that you said that you started out with a particular curriculum, you still use that now, but that it has morphed as you have continued to do stuff. And I just want our listeners to hear that uh, because you were so worried about having a curriculum in place before you started so that you could have that credibility. And then you realize there are some things that worked, some things that didn't. You were willing to get rid of the things that didn't, double down on the things that did. And now you are just such a different coach for your clients than you were even just one or two years ago. I believe that in my heart of hearts. I've seen it. I've seen the transformation happen. And so I would just, I want people to hear that, but I also want people to hear the other side where you don't necessarily need a curriculum to get started. And the reason you don't necessarily need one to get started is because as you can see with, with Cody, he changed his based on what people needed and wanted and didn't like, and you can actually create a curriculum by doing the same thing. So you can actually charge people to help them and not have a specific curriculum in place. I just want you to hear that again. You are okay to charge somebody and not have a specific curriculum in place because if you are a good question asker, you're going to ask the right questions, you're gonna help transform them and you're gonna be able to create a curriculum in the process. 
so that your second client will have a little bit of extra curriculum than your first one did. Your fifth one will have a little more than the first, second, third, fourth did, so on and so forth. You can create as you go. You don't have to have it all right before you start. And that's so, okay. so important for people to understand. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I feel like, especially people who are in the service industry, they really, really want to make sure that they deliver for yeah. these people because, mm -hmm. you know, they don't want to be that person that's like, I can help you. And then they're like, well, why don't you pay me? And then they're like, well, I don't really know how to help you, right? Yep. Like, yep. no one wants to be that person. Yep, But Slimy. at the same time, <laughs> if, you, if you focus on that so much and you're just focused on like having every little thing perfect mm -hmm. before you actually get started, Mm -hmm. all those ducks in a row, right? You're going to be paralyzed. It's, it's called par uh, paralysis by the analysis, yeah. right? Like you're just analyzing everything. And because of that, just like analyzing and tweaking and analyzing and tweaking and analyzing and tweaking, you don't ever actually get started. Mm -hmm. And and here's and the maybe thing. maybe you get started and you find out that maybe the thing that you were analyzing so much wasn't actually like right. the thing that is going to serve you or your clients the most Correct. the only way to find that out is if you actually try it yep try it and keep or try and dump like that's all <laughs> that's yeah. really the best way that you can do it and so i do encourage people in order to avoid what you just described you know having that slimy salesy feel to things to do have a you know some sort of outline of what you'd like to do and i think that the way that cody put it with in terms of the pillars that's a really good way to look at it because those are you know some some strong foundational things that are going to take you along the way. But if you don't have all of the tools built into pillar one or pillar two, or you're not exactly quite sure how to connect pillar one to two or to three or to four, that's okay. It's okay to be flexible and to let them know, look, I'm do here. Here's some things that I know. Here are some things I'm willing to help you with and that I'm able to help you with. We're going to do this in a flexible manner so that you get the most out of it. Just put it back on them that way. And that's not lying to them. That's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. Then they're actually, you know what? I actually think sometimes people get more out of us when we don't have a very strict curriculum in place because it's so easy to fall back on that that I, I I don't know. It's not an outline. The script. I'll use the word script. It's so easy to fall back on that script, and we start to listen for how to respond and not listen for understanding. And so I just want. I know for myself that was one of the best things that I did was figure out how to just create some pillars, if you will. I just never called them that. Some outline of what I want to do, and then sell it. And then mm -hmm. tweak it as it goes along. You know, um, in one of our coaches' conversations we had in the community, one of the individuals mentioned that she was a teacher and that, it, you know, she was always very, very smart. Things came very easy to her. She knew she was teaching, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was mathematics. So it was something where there is a correct answer. You know, that's one of those concrete things about math is like, oh, you know, it's, you either know the answer or you don't. It's, it's right or it's wrong. And she said, I always knew the answer, but when it comes to coaching people, <laughs> we don't know. Not only do we not always know the answer, we seldom know the answer if we're being real, right? And so what she had said was it was very easy for her to try to fill in silence. Mm -hmm. If we have that script in front of us, and sometimes that's what curriculum is, is just a script. If we have that in front of us, 
it becomes very tempting to go back and be like, oh, you have this going on? Like, let's fill that in with this particular tool or this particular homework or whatever. And not really just take a step back and go, you know what? If I was watching them, I would have seen that they almost cried. And they almost cried because something hit them really, really deep. And sometimes we need to just be comfortable in that silence. Yeah. 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 Creating that space for people, uh, I, I have found has, is like one of the most valuable things that you can do as a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and having that flexibility and that willingness to depart from your quote unquote curriculum mm-hmm. or your script, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that's, that's huge. Um, there's been several, several sessions that I've showed up to, to where I have like, all right, cool. We're going to talk about this today. Mm-hmm. And then we'd never even talk about it because, yep. you know, the conversation goes in a different direction and it's because it's needed. Right. And like, if you're so like, well, we need to wrap this up because I really need to talk about this. Right. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to like give the person what they actually need. And that's why you're there is yeah. to help the person with the, with what they actually need, not necessarily what you want them to learn about or to experience. Yes. Um, and there's even certain there's even certain uh, sessions to where I just show up and I have them built into my curriculum to where I have nothing planned. Mm-hmm. I just show up and I'm just like, okay, um, what do you need some help with? How can I help you today? Mm-hmm. Now I have heard, I have heard coaches kind of retort that a little bit and say, okay, but then I don't seem to know what I'm talking about right? Like it looks like I'm not prepared that I didn't, I didn't prepare for this particular session and that I just showed up and I didn't have anything to talk about. So I, I threw it back on them. And so when we talked about this, uh, who, is, in, who is that? Who are they actually worried about thinking that? Themselves. Typically I'm, I'm assuming because they're, they are, it's all part of that. Am I validated thing? Right. And so I, I hear you. But, I but, see you. But what if you're prepared <laughs> to be open to listening to your client? I am with you. I <laughs> Right. But, right. Yes. You know, you're, yes. I'm what pushing if? back for a yes, reason here. Yes, exactly. And what if that is your thing? And so I said to somebody, I'm like, if you really feel that way, if you really believe that they're going to push back that way, which I most people don't, most clients don't, because they actually want that space. We've discovered yes. that. Um, but if that's something that really worries you and you're worried that that's going to that that's gonna derail your entire session or it's going to make you look like you don't know what you're talking about, a really easy workaround is to say, here are some of the things that we had planned for today, but I want to make sure that you have the space to do what you need. So what's going on with you, right? So now they're hearing that you are prepared because that's the other thing too. Sometimes they're not in a space where they're comfortable enough to do that or they're not they haven't been trained on how to talk about their feelings yet. And that's part of what you're doing for them. So if they're not in a place where that comfort is there, they actually appreciate having you bring something to the table. And then a lot of times what happens is you start with that thing you said, and then it opens the floodgates for them. And they're able to now start talking about those other things. And you have just done this little Jedi trick where you told them that you knew enough to start something, you actually didn't put them in a super uncomfortable position where they weren't able to actually grow from it. And you were able to then take that growing moment for them and turn it around and be completely open to it because you weren't tied into or married to that agenda that you had in place. So it's really the best of both worlds. Yeah. You have that, that thing in your back pocket that you can fall back on. Yeah. 
but you're leading with the intention of like, Hey, I'm, I'm actually going to like take a step back here yes. and allow the client to kind of lead the conversation because that's needed sometimes. Yep. yep. You know, absolutely. Um, yeah, I had a, I had a session this past week where that happened and, um, you know, I did that same thing. I had something in my back pocket just in case, mm-hmm. but I just asked her, I was like, Hey, like, how can I, how can I serve you today? Mm-hmm. How you doing? What's going on? Fill me in. Mm-hmm. And we talked for an entire hour about that. Mm-hmm. And how long have you had her as a client? Um, this one in particular, I've had her for, um, about 16 months now. Mm-hmm. So, so her- you know, there's, there's a lot more ease with that with her yep. in particular, but I do that with other clients too, that, you know, I've been working for, you know, I don't know, four months, five mm-hmm. months, something like that to where, you know, there's enough, we've done enough of like the get up and go and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Maybe we did a few exercises here and there. And then I kind of like create that space where I'm like, we've done a lot so far. Mm-hmm. Let's slow down mm-hmm. and check in. Yep. And most of the time they actually really, really appreciate that. Yeah. Especially if you're doing that with people who you've been working with for four or five months. I mean, that's definitely a good, a good place for that. Um, I think sometimes people who have been coached by other coaches for a long time, they're also prepared for something like that, even on just session one or two for you. But somebody who is for the first time deciding to sit across the table or computer in these days with somebody and, and have them kind of look into their soul. They're not always quite as open to that quite yet, or they don't know how, right? It's kind of like teaching a baby how to crawl and walk and and so on and so forth. And so if they don't know how to do that, they might just be a little bit taken aback. So just, you know, just know your audience is my point, you know, know who you're talking to, know what their past is so that you, we, I mean, we revel in putting people in a little bit of an uncomfortable position because that's how we change, right? By being a little uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, But we don't want to throw them into ice bath water, and then expect them to, to be like warming up to us. Like that's, it's just not, yeah. we need to be careful with that. So know who you're talking to when you are using some of these tricks for sure. Uh, but I think that that's really important is to be able to bend and sway according to what people need. Yeah. And going back to what you had said earlier, not only just like being comfortable with the, uh, the openness of like the structure of the session. Mm-hmm. but also being comfortable with the silence. Yeah. Can you speak on that a little bit? Sure. Uh, just in general, a lot of times change happens in the silence. You know, we we hear our thoughts. Sometimes we are so busy talking, <laughs> talking our way out of things or, or talking our way into things that we don't take time to just think. And I think when our clients are doing that, when there's a silence, it's very easy as the expert to say, oh, I must, I have to fill this in. You know, there, there, it has to be, there can't be silence. It becomes uncomfortable. And when we're really good at what we do, we realize that a lot of times that silence is actually therapeutic for them. So we need to practice just listening, just being still in that silence for them. Yeah. And not only silence from like the standpoint of like, maybe you ask them like a question um and they really need to think about it that kind of silence maybe they say something or you say something and there's not an immediate response there's just some silence Mm -hmm. for 
five, 10, 30 seconds, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all different types of silences too. And all of those are really valuable. Um, but don't be afraid to allow there to be silence from when you're thinking either. Mm-hmm. Yes. I found that because at first, like I would like be really self-conscious about that. And I'm like, I don't want to not say anything for too long because it makes it look like I'm like really struggling or, or like I don't have the answer or whatever. But I've just learned that I need to think sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I need to like not be worrying about hurrying up to think so mm-hmm. I can respond. Mm-hmm. So I've taken times where I just sit there and I think and I look at my notes. And I think, right? Mm-hmm. And then I come back and I say my next statement or ask my next question and move forward. And most of the time, after I have time to let things process, those questions or those statements that I come back with are usually like, they can be pretty impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can really help push the session and push the conversation into a place to where it really needs to go. Yep. And speaking of pushing, um, I'm going to just share a little trick. And I know we've talked about this before. What you just described was you taking the time to think things out when you needed it. What I'm going to describe to you is actually using your own silence as a tool to help them slow down. Mm -hmm. We've talked on this podcast before about about mirroring. It's one of the techniques that you can use in motivational interviewing. So if you see somebody who's really, really upset and they've got their arms crossed and they're just, you can tell that they're really closed off to you. It's actually a really cool technique to, you do the same thing. You start doing what they're doing. You know, you can start to be closed off too. You're not truly closed off, but you're showing them that this is what you're seeing. And then as time goes on, you actually relax your arms and you start to change and they start to change with you. It's so cool to watch. So if you've got somebody who is not taking the time to think, a lot of times, a lot of times there are fast talkers. They're very dismissive of things, and it's because you're hitting on something that's a little bit too close to home for them. If you start mirroring this, you start modeling for them the ability to slow down and think, even if you don't need it, even if you don't need to think about what your answer is, you just, you're silent for a little bit. You're showing them that it's okay to do that, and it starts to actually slow the session down a little bit, and they start to release their their guard. Mm-hmm. very cool technique yeah yeah i agree i should start doing that more making it to slow them down uh not necessarily slow them down i i do i do that okay uh but more so i was talking about the uh the mirroring mm-hmm. oh, know, just in general. especially like if it's during like a consultation or something because like sometimes there will be a couple that I have a consultation with and one really, really wants to be there mm-hmm. and the other one is being dragged. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I could sit there and cross my arms and be like, yeah, man, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, and then do that whole uncross thing. Yeah. I, I think that'd be kind of fun to watch actually. It is. It, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just a skill. It's weird. It is. It is psychology. It is a skill that you, I mean, if you're doing it and you're doing it intentionally, 
and you're still trying to carry a conversation, you have to be, you have to be enough with it. Sometimes I'm not, <laughs> but you have to be enough with it where, where you can track the conversation and still do what you're, what you just described, you know? Uh, yeah. but I think it is a, definitely something that's good. And you can actually teach that trick to one of those couples who one is very closed off and the other one is not, you know, you can, you, pull one aside and be like, Hey, I want you to try this. Just try it. See what happens. You know, you can actually do it with them right there in the session. I mean, it's not a marital counseling session, but you could show them, Hey, if things are really tense, when you guys are talking about your, your budget, for example, you know, teach that trick and just show that they show up one way and then they just kind of back off a little bit and they might just mirror it. It doesn't always work, but it's a really cool technique. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let me know if you try it. I will. I will. <laughs> awesome. So I think we've covered quite a bit in terms of curriculum. We've let people know that you don't have to have one in order to get started. If you feel better about having some sort of outline or having it all, all your ducks in a row, that's okay too. You just want to make sure that you're flexible enough to change. And as you see that the clients need that, um, we've talked about what your four or five pillars are, your, your four pillars plus your sprinkle. Um, and we've talked about some techniques that you can use in, in that whole, which we didn't intend to do. So I'm really glad we threw that bonus content in there. Yeah. Is there Adam anything bonus. that we have? Yeah. Is there anything that we haven't touched on regarding curriculum that you think that we really want to make sure our listeners here today? Um, not necessarily anything that we haven't touched on, but I, I just think that there's one thing that I want to reiterate okay. uh, as maybe like a closing thought kind of thing. Um, and that's just the, the message of like, you don't have to have it figured out mm -hmm. to start, mm -hmm. you know, like, of course it would be nice to have it figured out. It'd be nice to have something in motion, of course, but you don't need to be perfect. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. And the way that you get closer to that quote unquote perfect, which by the way, here's Doesn't a little exist. hint, you'll never get there, uh, but <laughs> the way to get closer to that is to just try things out, trial and error. And, yeah. you know, there, there will be certain sessions that you have with people that are going to be really transformational and impactful. And there will be other ones to where you're just like, eh, that was okay. Mm -hmm. And just make a note of that, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. I'm um, actually really glad you said that because that is one thing I do believe that we didn't touch on that we should as we're closing up. And I was going to say, have somewhere that you can create notes for all of that. And you just mentioned the word note. And so it triggered my memory. Definitely have somewhere where you're making those notes in one place. You know, don't have them all over the place. Don't write them down on session notes or whatever. Find something, whether it's creating a note in your phone, on your computer, wherever, that you can say, these are some things that seem to really have an impact on this person. And this, this this one kind of fell flat and uh, maybe describe a little bit about who that person was and, and what their personality is so that if it fell flat with them, it doesn't mean you should ditch it. It just means that it yes, didn't work I was for that say particular that. person. Yes. I was going to say that exact thing. Yeah. Like just because it doesn't work for one person doesn't mean that you should just completely throw it away. Right. Try it out with a few different types of people Yes, because it might work really well for someone else. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just a matter of like finding out, what type of person this works best for. Right. Yep. And so. then to that same, same idea, as you go through coaching with individuals, 
if you are creating tools like we talked about last week, or if you are, are starting to play with different curricula thing, don't ever throw that stuff away. You're constantly building on those things. You're making them better. And in, like we said earlier, you have, you have like the suite of tools that you're then able to draw from. If you're talking to somebody, a, a certain type of personality that maybe you haven't talked to in a long time, but you're like, you know what? When I had someone else who was like this, this thing really, really worked and I haven't touched it in two years because I haven't had that kind of client in two years. It's a great tool to have right out of your arsenal. And the more that you do that, the more, the more, I, I don't really don't like the word validity, but it's going to give you more of that validity. You're going to, they're going to be like, this person knows what, what they're talking about. And look, they have a tool for me, even though they haven't used that in two years. So just X, FYI, don't throw it away. It's not bad content. Uh, you, you know, just build on it. Yeah. Totally agree. Cool. Well, that is all I have for today, Cody. Thank you so much for another riveting conversation about what we're supposed to do or not supposed to do and how we figure it all out and really how we put the client first. We meet them where they are. So that is the thing that creates a curriculum for us. It creates the approaches that we have because truly the client is the person who we need to put first. And I really appreciate these conversations with you. Yeah, as always, it's always a lot of fun. And um, I look forward to keep doing it. And I also look forward to just uh, continue to connect with coaches. You know, like this, this podcast has grown into something that um, I really wasn't expecting. Mm -hmm. uh, and just being able to like hop on the phone with, with coaches or connect with them through our Facebook group, like that's just been a really, really amazing experience for me. And I, I, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has reached out or who has, uh, hopped into our Facebook group because it means a lot to me. It makes me feel really good. Um, and I love seeing that community grow and, and, uh, support each other. So yeah, thanks guys. Yeah. And I think we have some, actually we have an interview coming up with one such listener, I believe. So that's exciting yes, we as do. well. Yeah. So mm -hmm. if you also would like to have a question answered or be interviewed on the Financial Coaches Podcast, definitely let us know that by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Yes. Did I nail that one? Uh, <laughs> I yes. always have to ask. Okay, perfect. Uh, so yeah, and, and one of us, usually Cody sees those emails far earlier than I do. I'm not quite sure why, um, but for sure, one of us will make sure that we reach out to you and, and connect. So thank you guys so much for listening today. As always, have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.